Good day, and welcome to the Little Blue House, our relaunched New Brunswick Real Estate Association podcast. I'm Angela Boudreau, NBREA's Director of Communications and External Relations, but also today, your podcast host. Previously, our podcast was simply an audio version of our newsletter, but we thought it might be a great platform for us to use to do a deeper dive into issues of importance to New Brunswick realtors. On this first episode today, we're going to take a closer look at a new step the association is taking when it comes to its complaints and discipline process by sending disciplinary decisions out by email to all members of the association. You know the ones I mean. These decisions are the result of a long investigation that was sparked by a complaint against a realtor. They're the decisions that come from the formal hearings in front of the complaints committee. Previously, these decisions were posted to NBREA's website, but now they're being emailed out to all members. Now, this change surprised some members and raised some questions from others. We're going to dive in and we're going to get some answers. I sat down with Mitch McLean, Registrar of the New Brunswick Real Estate Association. Welcome, Mitch, and thanks for agreeing to answer a few questions for us today. Thanks for having me, Angela. My first question, in September, NBREA began distributing discipline decisions to the membership by email. So how is this different from the way the association previously shared these decisions with the members? So in the past, discipline decisions have habitually been posted on our website. They're open for the public to go and view, as well as our own members. Now, with that, depending on the discipline decision and what was in the complaint matter, sometimes those decisions were conveyed to the membership with changed names or or redacted names during the MCPD or other education seminars. I understand this was a move that was driven in part by the members themselves. Can you explain? Yeah, so we did have access to um, some feedback from our own members. uh, And some of it was through NBREA surveys. Some of it was in passing, just in chatting with realtors that I ran into uh, at at different events, some virtually, some in person in in the last uh, few years that we've had. But there was a consistent messaging that we were getting across the board. And one of the main aspects that we were getting is that the complaint and discipline apparatus, as it exists at the association level, is pretty useless. It doesn't have any teeth. It's not effectively employed. And no one is fighting for our right as a realtor and our reputation. Considering that's one of the main reasons why the complaint and discipline apparatus exists, it was pretty concerning. And a lot of it wasn't that we weren't doing anything. It was that we weren't effectively communicating to our own members that we are doing things. And so that's why we've adapted or adopted this new process of informing our members when discipline decisions are published. So how does distributing these decisions help the members? So as I stated before, there was a call to uh, do more to protect the realtor brand and the value of our members. So by distributing these discipline decisions, it both protects the public interest, it protects the reputation of our members, but it also provides an insight into the complaint and discipline process, and it gives education components to every member of the association, right? The way that we draft decisions now have an all-inclusive access to what happened in this transaction, right? And in a lot of cases, it's not a, a scenario of someone went out of their way to take advantage of another member of the public or another realtor. In most cases, it comes down to simple error. So 
in these cases, as a realtor, if you read through a discipline decision, you can identify, okay, this is where this went wrong. And this is how I can also learn from this and not end up in the same situation. And what's the feedback been like from the members who are getting these decisions? We've had mixed feedback. The majority of feedback we've gotten from our members are quite supportive. They appreciate having the insight into the complaint and discipline apparatus. They enjoy understanding how this process takes place from the initial complaint that comes in to the distribution of the decision when it's so ordered. And then on the other side of the coin, we had some members that felt that we may be engaging in some public shaming. So public shaming, when a member feels that they've been publicly shamed, How do you address that with them? I mean, they're a member of this organization and they pay dues to the organization. We serve those members. And how do you address that when they feel that that the organization that they support and are a member of has been shamed by that organization? In that case, it would, I guess there are two schools of thought, or maybe there are more than that. But with respect to what we deal with, if it was an, uh, sorry, if it was a matter of public shaming, right? The association would be acting in bad faith against their own member. And when I say bad faith, you know, really bad faith by definition is the absence of good faith. And and so in this case, when a decision is published on a website or when it's sent out to the entire membership, it's the association acting in good faith on behalf of the complainant and on behalf of the public to protect the public interest and on behalf of all of the other realtors that have a reputational stake in this decision. And so even though someone may feel that this constitutes an act of public shaming, it really isn't, right? It's not us broadcasting allegations that have been untested and they have been undecided by a duly responsible or tasked decision maker. In this case, it's a panel of your peers. It's a panel that is a discipline or decision-making body in our act of legislation, and they are making a finding of fact. They have said, we understand all of these facts to be true, or we find certain facts not to be true, but that's all in the decision. And that's their right, and that's their responsibility to do so. And so by publishing the decisions to the entire membership, it's not to point out this one person and what they did. It's more so to inform the membership Yes, we exist. This is our role and this is why we exist. And we are actively attempting to protect the reputation of all of our members and to provide education for all other members and how maybe not to get caught up into a situation like is noted in the discipline decision. Some might say that that educational component can exist without naming the member involved. So why name the member? Well, I guess we take our lead, per se, from elements of common law, right? And so when you're found guilty in a a court of, uh, well, a competent court of jurisdiction, as it's referred to in law, you know, the name is always attached, right? When you do certain actions and you're found guilty, you don't have the prerogative or the ability to remain anonymous in the actions that were conducted. In this case, a discipline committee makes a finding of fact and makes a finding of guilt or innocence. And so that needs to be published. I understand you know, the, the aspect of public shaming, but it's not the association trying to run names up a flagpole so everybody knows that you did something wrong. It's more so that there's a bit of accountability 
for the actions that you take as a realtor. And it serves as a good warning to all realtors that if you do something that is deemed to be professional misconduct, there are consequences for those actions. And over COVID, we saw a significant increase in the number of buyers coming to our province. We saw a significant number uh, increase in the membership. Did those things play into the number of complaints maybe that MVRA has received if the number of complaints would go up because of the number, the sheer volume of what we're dealing with? When you look at the statistics that we have only on a plenary basis, it would appear that we're experiencing higher number of complaint volumes. However, when you look at the average number of realtors that we have in the market now, our membership has almost doubled since the beginning of the pandemic. And you compound that with the number of transactions and the speed and the haste that the realtor markets or the real estate market is undergoing right now, it stands to reason that if you do 20,000 more transactions in a year, you should see a proportional number or increase in complaint volumes. And so at this point in time, we're not seeing an alarming rate of number of complaints to total number of transactions. That may change over time, but for the time being and over the last two years, it's remained consistent. I think a lot of members may not fully understand your role as the registrar. Is it your job to try to stop or lessen complaints or protect members from complaints? Is your role to protect the public or to protect the members? Can you explain that? Like my role, I am not the real estate police. Okay, despite what everybody may think, because we have these discipline decisions and we have a quasi-court system, I'm not kicking in doors and pointing at realtors saying, stop that transaction, hands in the air, because that's really not what the role is about. Our role merely is to facilitate members, our own members or members of the public, when they feel that elements of professional misconduct may exist in a transaction. Right? And, and we facilitate an impartial process to get to that decision that may be posted on a website or in a publication or distributed to our members. But the role of the registrar is to not interject themselves into the complaint and discipline apparatus. Like I can't call people, provide witness testimony and, and force them to answer my lines of questioning. I'm not an investigator. That's not the role that I play. Through the complaint and discipline apparatus, however, in a roundabout way, my job is to protect the reputation of realtors by ensuring that this process is done in a way that's consistent with the Supreme Court's recommendations and to make sure that everything is procedurally and justly fair. That's the role of the registrar. It's not the real estate police. Well, you've answered a lot of questions for us today, Mitch. Thanks so much. We'll leave it right there with you for now. I'd like to welcome next Dominic Caron, who is a lawyer with the firm Pink Larkin, based in Fredericton. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I guess to get started with questions, I want to know a little bit more about NBREA's complaints and discipline process. Sure. Well, what's actually new in NBREA's complaints and discipline process is that the decisions are now being shared directly with the members by email, but the decisions themselves were always made public in the past. So to be perfectly clear, why are they public? Decisions are public. So the regulator, like NBREA, its role, first and foremost, is protection of the public. And so part of that, there's obviously a requirement to be open, to be transparent, not only with the members, but with the public. And 
I believe in the past, what happened was regulators would do everything internally in private. And so the public thought that it was professionals protecting their own, for lack of a better expression. And now, and I say now, since at least the 70s, 80s, throughout Canada, regulators have to publish their decision to the public and make it a transparent process. So some members have raised privacy concerns. If the complainant's name is redacted, then why not the member's name? So who has the right to privacy or anonymity in these decisions? So in my opinion, no one here has the right to anonymity or privacy unless the discipline committee determines that there's a publication ban, you know, if there's underage people involved, etc. Now, as a good practice, NBREA generally, or I should say the discipline committee, generally will redact the names of complainants because they're not the ones accused of any kind of professional misconduct. Now, the member who is accused of professional misconduct, their names will generally always be published. And that's because of openness and transparency. And there's also an element of deterrence. What about situations where a complaint is dismissed? How are these reported to the public and the members? So through the process, there's two committees. There's a complaints committee, and then there's a discipline committee. And the complaints committee, its role is, is really screening. They're the kind of the gatekeeper of whether there is any merit on the surface to the complaint. And so if a complaint is dismissed at the complaints committee level, then there'll be a decision, a very short decision, only provided to the member who was accused of professional misconduct and to the complainant. Now, if it goes to the discipline committee, then all those decisions are reported. Now, if ultimately it's before the discipline committee and, it's, and the complaint is dismissed, the discipline committee certainly has the discretion to redact all names, including the name of the member who is accused of professional misconduct. Because ultimately there's, there's a finding that there's no professional misconduct. And how does our process differ from maybe other professions that you're aware of, such as the law society that you're a member of? I would say that, if anything, the law society's process is even more public in that with NBREA, you know, there's been a decision to make the discipline committee decisions public. And that's pretty much the only thing that's on the website that's made public. Now, with the law society in New Brunswick, they publish the complaint. They publish the response. They publish the complaints committee decision. They publish publish everything, right? Whether the person is ultimately acquitted of any kind of professional misconduct or not. What happens if a member who's the subject of a complaint and discipline decision ultimately appeals the decision and is successful, but it's by that time it's already been published and distributed to the members? So how does that, you can't put the horse back in the, the barn once the horse has run out of the barn. How do you kind of accommodate that when that happens? My advice would be if that was to happen, and I think we would have to post or to publish some kind of correction on the decision or remove the decision and replace it with the court's decision to say, you know, the person's been ultimately acquitted. I think there would be a, a role to play here to remove it. But but you're right for whatever, how many days it's been published up until the, the court's decision. Yeah, we could not put that genie back in the bottle. Is there anything else you want to add to this? 
This is not the discipline committee reinventing the wheel. This is something that's done by, for instance, the Law Society of New Brunswick and the College of Massage Therapists of New Brunswick and a a number of other regulators in New Brunswick and in, in the rest of Canada. Well, members, there you have it. That's the first episode of NBREA's relaunched podcast. Remember that not all discipline decisions will go out by email. The Discipline Committee has the discretion to determine, on a case-by-case basis, which future decisions will be shared. Of course, all decisions will continue to be published to our website without exception. As for our podcast, future episodes will take a deeper dive into some of the discipline decisions themselves, without mentioning any member names, of course. Our intention here is to discuss and learn. So what did you think about what you've heard here today? Are you for or against sending discipline decisions out by email, and why? Do you have any ideas for a future topic for an upcoming podcast? Or maybe you just want to sound off about something else altogether. Drop me a line at communications at nbrea.ca. And thanks for joining me today at the Little Blue House.